It's time for InsureTalk with insurance industry tech geek and Guidewire chief evangelist, Laura Drabik. In this podcast series, we don't just talk about innovative ideas in PNC insurance. We talk with industry trailblazers about the big ideas they made happen and how they did it. If you're looking for insights on the trends and technologies reshaping the industry, an all-new InsureTalk starts now. Welcome to InsureTalk. My name is Laura Drabik, and I'm the Chief Evangelist at Guidewire. In this episode, I have the privilege of interviewing Max Richter, Managing Director and General Insurance Sector Lead at Accenture. The topic of our conversation today is cyber fraud and why PNC insurers should embrace new technologies to drive digital security. With cyber criminal networks weaponizing malicious forms of AI and deep fake technologies to defraud organizations around the world, the $80 billion dollars that PNC insurers lose to fraud each year could soon seem like child's play. In addition to fraud, cyber crimes like data theft and ransomware attacks are also on the rise. The problem, while new technologies are essential to innovation, three out of four insurance industry CEOs say they're adopting these technologies faster than they can secure them. During our discussion today, we'll address the growing threat and what it takes to drive digital security in PNC insurance. Hello, Max. Thank you for joining InsureTalk. Good morning, Laura. Max, insurers increasingly rely on digital media to make decisions about the condition of insured assets in both underwriting as well as claims. But digital fraud, it's a growing challenge. And the proliferation of malicious forms of AI and deepfake technologies is really taking this challenge to a whole new level. By leveraging new forms of AI, fraudsters can synthetically generate images, video, and even voices that are nearly impossible to distinguish from the real deal. And this includes deepfakes that can be exploited at, quote, to document document the condition of assets that may not even exist or to file fake claims. It's no wonder that more than 80% of insurance industry professionals acknowledge deep fakes pose a threat to their companies. How serious is this threat and what are you hearing from Accenture clients in the insurance sector? Well, Laura, I would say that this is a very serious threat because the insurance industry is not only a potential target for these kinds of attacks, but also through the insurance insurance coverage that it provides to clients around the world is also exposed from a liability perspective to some of these attacks. What we've seen over the last few years is a significant increase in the sophistication of the threat actors and the kind of technology that they use to be able to carry out these attacks. And there are multiple types of scenarios or use cases where this comes to prominence. In a basic scenario where you've got assets of various types that are being insured by individuals or SMEs, photos have traditionally been considered as a proof point that documents the existence and the condition of these assets. Being able to doctor this kind of evidence has been around for a while, but it has been relatively easy to spot with the right kinds of tools. I think what we see now is a increase in the sophistication of fabricating this kind of evidence and the the ability of carriers to detect that something is not real is becoming more and more difficult. And really, the scenarios are almost infinite, and they're only limited by the imagination of some of these threat actors. So we talk about events that never happened. You'd be able to show your property with a damage that was never real, a car with a damage that was never real, an asset that was never there.
that. And that's just the start of it. But what we're seeing is that threat actors are moving away from low value, opportunistic kind of fraud and are moving into more organized and large scale events through these kind of methods. And in our latest research through our threat intelligence team, we have seen these kinds of techniques being used now for gaining access to corporate networks and moving away from basic cryptocurrency scams and basic opportunistic scams into very sophisticated attempts to infiltrate company networks and then be able to use that access to carry out much more sophisticated attacks like high-value wire transfers and all sorts of other scenarios that can implicate very large amounts of money. I agree with you that fraudsters have used photos to pretend that there's damage to an item like an automobile to create a claim. Yeah, we've seen that before. But what I think frightens me the most is creating assets that never truly existed. Thank you for sharing that. So over the past year, we've also seen the rise of generative AI and it's popularized through tools such as ChatGPT. This technology, as you know, Max, it can generate entirely new content like text, audio, images, video code, and more. And it's based on the inputs that it's trained on. The positive applications in PNC insurance, I think are limitless. And we've devoted entire episodes to this technology. In fact, interviewing one of your colleagues. But as you pointed out, there are inherent risks with any new technology. And that includes threat actors using ChatGPT to create shockingly effective phishing emails in the exact style of a senior executive or trusted vendor to pilfer logins, infiltrate corporate networks, and steal insurer customer data or distribute ransomware. Max, I know that this has been a significant issue in healthcare, including health insurance, but what's the state of affairs in PNC? Yes, Laura, this is a very important point. As you say, there's a lot of excitement around GPT and large language models, but we are still discovering all the different implications. One of the capabilities of GPT, as you've rightly said, is the ability to generate text that mimics very closely individuals. And we're not just talking about texts. With the technology, we're able to generate audio files and video files. And this is where this is really scary because the realism of some of these generated conversational assets is very, very high. Now, having said that, the reality is that GPT requires the training data, whether that is a large amount of emails or articles a person has written, lots of photos, long videos in different angles, in different lighting conditions, the voice pitch. So to be able to do it well, love data is required. So while this is very dangerous, on the other hand, we shouldn't fear that anyone is at risk of this being done to them tomorrow. It requires a base of data, which threat actors do acquire through various means. So sometimes this is part of a multi-stage attack. First stage attack is get the emails to an email phishing campaign, compromise the emails, get access to the emails of a certain mailbox, use that to train the engine, and then start to generate 
generate text that is very realistic. So base security is still effective against this kind of attack. But also, I think corporations and executives around the world should be wary about the amount of audio and video that is available in the public domain that anyone can get access to because too much exposure can actually lead to risks in that respect. Yeah, so that puts us a little bit at ease here with the amount of data that's required. So we shouldn't be too fearful, but we should definitely be wary of the future, especially with video and audio. So Accenture has reported that so-called social engineering schemes target the human attack surface. For example, Gen AI created phishing emails and deep fake voice messages are typically crafted to create a sense of urgency to throw recipients off psychologically. Sometimes that urgency is guised as a change of payment details just before payments are due or the CEO leaving an after hours voice message requesting an urgent password reset. So it's estimated that 85% of all successful account takeovers begin with a social engineering scam and 86% of organizations report having been negatively impacted by the growing sophistication of these attacks. What should PNC insurers be on guard for in 2024 in terms of evolving cyber criminal technologies and techniques targeting humans instead of systems? humans have always been the weak link in the security chain. You can have the most sophisticated technology defenses, but unless you've got a workforce and a set of trusted partners that have access to your systems, that is security aware, that is trained and is on the ball, you're going to be vulnerable. And this is what has been exploited for many, many years now. Now, the increasing sophistication of these social engineering attacks is a big worry in my mind because organizations have been struggling already with basic phishing emails, which haven't been of very high quality. And we're still seeing a lot of compromises off the back of that. And as that's increased to more sophisticated scams, we keep having this game of cat and mouse between individuals that go about their day-to-day life, not necessarily thinking I'm going to be scammed right now, and threat actors which are targeting these individuals in various ways and try and trick them. With the the sophistication of these schemes really increasing, the level of risk has increased exponentially because not only do these phishing attacks and the social engineering attacks, not only are they a lot more real, but also there's not been enough education across various sectors around the possibilities I see it with clients. I see it with colleagues. You show them some of these deep fakes and they are shocked with how realistic they are and they just haven't realized before. So I think there is an urgent need within the insurance industry to really ramp up the level of education and training that is available to the workforce to both know what is the art of the possible right now in terms of social engineering and be able to respond to that on a day-to-day basis. And this isn't something that you can do once a year and then forget it. This is the sort of thing that requires an ongoing live and continuous testing of people's readiness in order to really be effective. Yeah, I want to net it out. You said so many good things in here. I agree with you. The human is the weak link. I would hate to admit it, but I'm sure I am at some point. And also how realistic deep fakes are. So I'm not sure if you're a fan of TikTok, but there has been a, a number of TikTok videos going around of deep fakes of celebrities where you would never 
never know they weren't that celebrity. It is very realistic. And then the third thing I wanted to highlight here is what you said is so incredibly important. It's not one time a year for education. It's ongoing and definitely testing and reinforcing that defense with the human. So well put. Another attack factor that's gaining prominence in PNC insurance is synthetic identity fraud, which is the fastest growing financial crime in the US. In these schemes, fraudsters might use one person's social security number, then they use a second person's address, and then they use all new contact information to create a whole new identity. Cyber criminal organizations, they foster thousands of these synthetic identities at once, establishing credit histories for fake people that they can use to, among many other things, take out policies and, of course, submit fraudulent claims. So, Max, how will that get compounded by concurrent advances in things like digital payments for instant claim payouts? You've got this ongoing balancing act that carriers need to deal with, which is, on the one hand, if I trust nothing, and if I have to check every single claim across all of its details, physically go and inspect the scene of the event, verify the identity of the individual in person, etc., it's uneconomical. So you can't do that. On the other hand, if you try and fast track everything, that doesn't work because you're the weak link and the threat actors are going to target you, and then your losses are going to increase significantly. So this balancing act is very, very difficult. And really, it's a combination of technology and human expertise. On the technology front, we've seen the increased sophistication of some of these techniques. But at the same time, there are technologies out there that increasingly are able to flag the right subsets of claims to be investigated in the right way. So this is just a continuation of what we've always seen. And really, when it comes to things like synthetic identities, what's really important is technologies that allow for social networking analysis and be able to connect the data items of various identities that carriers come across, not only identifying the whole of your customer information, not doing just KYC on that, but going one step more granular and looking at each of the individual data items that comprise a customer record and then be able to link that across the entire history of interactions and find those links. And that's really the secret to this particular form of fraud. Awesome. Such great information. When we come back after this short break, we'll continue our conversation with Max Richter, Managing Director and General Insurance Sector Lead at Accenture. So stay tuned. Digging in Sure Talk with Laura Drabik? Be sure to subscribe on Amazon, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're at it, rate the show on Apple Podcasts and let us know how we're doing. Now, let's get back to the show. And welcome back to Insure Talk. This is Laura Drabik, and I'm talking with Max Richter, Managing Director and General Insurance Sector Lead at Accenture. Accenture announced it will invest $3 billion over three years in its data and AI practice to help clients across all industries rapidly and responsibly advance and use AI to achieve growth, efficiency, and resilience. Max, what can you tell us about what that will mean in terms of helping drive digital security in P&C insurance? One of the vectors that threat actors are using at the moment is using artificial intelligence to launch 
attacks that are not only sophisticated, but also can auto-adjust their approach, continuous discovery for vulnerabilities, and then be able to exploit these vulnerabilities step by step, and then adjust the threat's approach depending on what the attack vector is effectively discovering on a real-time basis. There is a lot of research going on right now around not only the attack side of that, but also the defense side of that. And a lot of carriers are looking at the potential for artificial intelligence to help them defend against these kind of attacks. I would say this is a more emerging kind of topic. And what we have been doing within Accenture is we've been investing in developing our capability when it comes to artificial intelligence. And clearly, this is a much broader topic, but we see security as one of the areas where artificial intelligence will be increasingly important over the next few years. We've discussed different attack modalities, and there are head-spinning costs across industries. The FBI reports phishing scams led to nearly $3 billion in just the U.S. last year. And call center fraud was another billion, and ransomware led to another $35 million. But when attacks lead to a data breach, the costs really do go up. And according to the Ponemon Institute, the average additional cost from data breaches averaged around $9 million per incident for U.S.-based organizations and about $4.5 million for companies worldwide. Then you add in the reputational damage. Every one and every business needs insurance and the personal and payment information stored in carriers' databases is unfortunately a treasure trove for the underworld. Max, so what's the extended economic fallout for insurers that fall victim to these crimes in terms of lost business, lost trust, and so on? What insights can you share with us? It is pretty catastrophic when that happens. As you say, insurers are organizations that effectively are data acquiring organizations. You provide information to a carrier and they provide you security, they provide you insurance policy as a result. So the amount of data that is stored by carriers is significant, a large target. At the same time, what a carrier is selling is effectively trust, security. It's the trust that if something happens, if they'll pay a claim. So there's multiple aspects of this, which mean that it's really, really important for PNC carriers to be on top of their game and to make sure that they don't get compromised, not only in terms of the perception from the customer base and the broker community in terms of what it means to do business with a carrier that's been compromised, but also for many of these carriers, cyber insurance is a significant and fast growing line of business. And within that line of business, you're expected as a carrier to be able to understand the cybersecurity posture and risks of other organizations and to be able to then provide coverage for that. And really, as a customer, if a carrier cannot protect their own perimeter, how can they be expected to understand and appropriately secure and ensure the perimeter of other organizations? So I think particularly for the PNC industry, I think this is a crucial topic. That is so insightful. If you can't protect your own perimeter, how can you secure a policyholder's perimeter or at least provide faith that they have in you that you can? Well put. You've also written that security should be embedded in the new technologies carriers adopt to move their businesses forward. Walk us through this concept and also your advice to carriers seeking to deploy the defenses they need to drive digital security, especially in a cloud-connected world where one compromise 
my system is attached to another throughout an organization. I think the days of monolithic large systems within carriers that do pretty much everything are long gone. You see in the past big systems that did everything for a carrier. It was the policy administration system, the claim system, the billing system, the finance system, all in one, all tightly coupled in a single body of codes, encompassing quite a lot of the digital footprint of an organization. Right now, you have lots more modular capabilities within carriers, so new modern flexible architectures, a comprise of smaller modules with microservices, all API integrated together. So there's a lot more connectivity between systems or modules within carriers now, and that is providing the flexibility that they need as they deploy new customer propositions, new products, and when they want to change something, they don't necessarily need to change everything. They just make contain changes in certain modules, and that's it. So that is a positive development when it comes to the modern technological environment within carriers. But at the same time, if you've got that connectivity, then the risk of proliferation increases. Even one of those modules being compromised, then that potentially compromises everything else as well. And you need to be able to design and implement security from the start on everything that you do. And the way that we look at it is we talk about security by design. We talk about everything being locked down unless there's a reason not to. And this is a very important principle when you look at your digital architecture and investments in new systems, etc. Sometimes there are temptations to cut some corners and do something cheaper and faster. And then almost certainly you regret those decisions. So it needs to be designed from the start and no compromises when it comes to cybersecurity. Well put. Design from the start, no compromises. Don't cut corners when it comes to security. In many ways, cybersecurity should be seen as table stakes. The C-suite understands that baseline survival depends on the ability to defend themselves from falling victim to costly fraud and to safeguard systems and information. But it can also be a competitive advantage. It's been estimated that lost customer trust and even heightened customer concerns can lead to a 10% to 25% reduction in revenue in the first year after a successful cyber attack or breach. Max, at what point does cybersecurity, or at least the trust it engenders, become a critical component of the overall customer experience for insurers? It's at the point of a breach when it all comes together, isn't it? The point where, as a consumer, I receive a notification from an organization that says, your details have been compromised because you provide them to InsurerX, and now we're going to be monitoring your account for suspicious activity, for identity takeover, etc. Now, the impact on individuals of receiving that message psychologically, it can be quite severe. It causes stress, it causes uncertainty. Some people have lost a lot of money. And all you can think about as an individual at that stage is, I trusted my data to Organization X and they failed me. So it's a really pivotal moment in consumers' minds when that happens. And, you know, as the research shows, it can have a real impact on organizations PL. Great. Thanks, Max. On the other side of this break, we'll continue the conversation. So don't go anywhere. 
Loving Insure Talk with Laura Drabic? For more expert insights and inspiration, subscribe to Laura's email newsletter at drabicdigest.com, your one-stop resource for Laura's latest blog posts, videos, podcasts, articles, and more. That's www.drabicdigest.com. Now let's get back to the show. And welcome back. This is Insure Talk with Laura Drabic, and we're talking with Max Richter, Managing Director and General Insurance Sector Lead at Accenture. Max, you have written, and I quote, security must be treated as a foundational requirement in the company's value chain and should be present at every touch point from internal operations to interactions with third parties, such as customers and partners, end quote. Max, how can CEOs prioritize digital security in their infrastructure in a way that protects systems as well as against social engineering attacks that target humans? Our research points to a market difference in performance of organizations where the CEO takes personal responsibility for cybersecurity and sees that as a organization-wide responsibility. It's not something that is contained within the IT department, within compliance, or within the CIS organization. It is something that needs to be embedded across everything that an organization does, every interaction every piece of activity needs to be as security aware as possible because the attack surface is infinite. When we talk about the human attack surface beyond the systems themselves, this touches every interaction that goes on within an organization. And also, it's not just constrained within the employees and the individuals within an organization. There are supply chains which are very important to PNC carriers, but you have to be able to collaborate with the ecosystem, both technology ecosystem, but also claims ecosystem and other kinds of suppliers. And you need to be able to do that in a way that is secure. The most important thing is that overall sponsorship from the top and making sure that this is seen as a company-wide initiative. Okay. So sponsorship from the top, get that and totally agree. Let's continue on though. You said something really intriguing around collaborating with the ecosystem. For insurers, a big part of being secure and innovate is being able to tap into their ecosystem. For Guidewire customers, this includes partners like Shift and Friss and Attestive, which when integrated to our solutions, they leverage AI and predictive analytics and other technologies to ferret out things like fraud and deep fakes. Max, in your view, how important then are cybersecurity ecosystems to defeating the accelerating pace of innovation among cyber criminals? They are essential. No organization can solve this by themselves. Security ecosystems are essential to protecting organizations against these kinds of frauds. And what we have to remember is that when we talk about our security ecosystems that defend organizations, on the other side, the threat actors have their own ecosystems as well, where basically you have modules and various kind of attack modes which combine together to perpetrate an overall attack. This could be some data that has been stolen, some information that has been stolen that's provided to another organization that's going to do your social engineering attack or your phishing attack. And with the information that they get, then this is going to go to another specialist that's going to launch another type of attack, etc. It's multi-step and it's very specialized and they collaborate together in an ecosystem to be able to launch and successfully perpetrate these attacks. So in order to defend against this kind of environment, we need to have these defense ecosystems working together to be able to be successful. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. I'm a big fan of ecosystems, but in particular, your point on defense ecosystems. Max, as someone who grew up in Greece before getting a degree in management science from the London School of Economics, what has your background taught you in terms of heroically navigating the world of PNC insurance and protecting it from evil? I don't know about heroically, Laura, but what I have learned is that this is a topic that is, on the one hand, very distressing when it happens to all the stakeholders involved. On the other hand, is also a very fascinating topic because it changes all the time. It's a game of cat and mouse. Every time we create a new type of effective defense, you've got people out there that try and find ways to circumvent those defenses with new technologies, new methods, etc. And they're very well-funded, they're very smart, and they are persistent, and it's big business. And this isn't something that's going to stop anytime soon. So across the industry and across the defense ecosystems, we need to be collaborating together and we need to be alert and stay on our toes and continuously look for the next attack vector and be able to predict that and be able to defend against that. Max, thank you so much for your time today and for your incredible insights you've shown us. It's not just about ideas, it's about making ideas happen. Thank you, Laura. Tune in next time for an all-new episode of Insure Talk with Laura Drabik, brought to you by Guidewire, the platform PNC insurers trust to engage, innovate, and grow efficiently. For more information, visit guidewire.com.